And what is up with it? This is Daniel Stackhouse here for Panther Nation Radio. This is episode three. Things in the sports, high school sports world are just starting to pick up, and we're getting into some big. First, some big major news that's going to affect us for everybody. The Universal Coin Flip has been decided for all spring sports. It was done a couple weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. What they what has been decided is that the top of the bracket will be hosting the quarterfinals and the bottom of the bracket will be hosting all of the semifinals. Now, what does this mean for Stars Mill? Well, this is going to mean for everybody. For, this is going to mean something big for everybody except really girls girls soccer really because they're on the other side of the bracket and if they and they're probably not going to have another home game. So. It, this means because all of our bo- all of our top seeds are in the bottom half of the bracket, which means like the very very bottom in our quadrant. So that means we're gonna have to play away in our elite eight games, but we will be guaranteed our home games in the semifinals, which is just a huge deal. Granted, we have to get there first, but I'm confident that the, that these teams are gonna be able to make it happen. But but before we end up thinking ahead, we got to get right to the news. First, we're going to start with tennis. The season has come to an end, unfortunately. Both tennis teams lost to Grady. The boys losing 3-0. The girls losing 3-2 in their away matchups of the Elite Eight. Unfortunately, the boys will finish the season 10-8, and and the girls will finish 12-6. This was really... Uh, head coach Mary Lehman started as head coach last year, but this is really her first full year. And they did a really solid job, and some strong players are going to keep are going to keep the program strong and end up turning possibly turning this turning this team successful in the next few years. So you have great you have great players on both sides. Like for the boys, you have senior sophomore Charles Purnell and sophomore Gen, and for the girls, sophomore Genevi Nakrani. Both of these are sophomores. Let me mention that that Miss Ever considers them some some of the best players on the team. So if they can lead. They can cultivate a young core that can lead them to some promising places in the next couple of years. Other than that, we got to thank the seniors for their contributions to Star Smell Tennis, and best of luck to all your future endeavors. Next, we are going to pivot towards girls soccer. They had their second round game against Union Grove on Monday. They went up early with a couple of goals and actually ended up stalling for a bit later, later there. But they ended up keeping Union Grove at bay and played well throughout the entire game ultimately ending in a 5-1 to one victory. The funny thing is is that they're actually kind of working through some kinks, ironing out some kinks in their roster because people have been healthy and unhealthy throughout the season that Coach Bowen is really now starting to try and match players and see where they're all going to fit the best. So, it's an un- unorthodox because it's an unorthodox situation for him who's been coaching girls soccer at Stars for about a decade or so. But he says it's fun to be able to do what he's doing. Uh, I actually had a full-on interview with him a, on Coach's Corner, one of the Prowler's video segments. So if you want to hear some more insight from Coach Bowen, go ahead and check that out. So, and the girls' team has also achieved some region, some all-region honors. Senior Mary Jane Gagliano was voted, unan- was voted unanimously as center back. Uh... Senior fo- senior midfielder Darby Olive was also voted on, and so was senior forward Chloe Thompson. And senior forward Sarah Evans was also voted on and labeled the player of the year. So great stuff for them. They're going to be going to Atlanta 
next week to play against Grady, I believe Tuesday at 6.30. It is going to be another road game for them. The only situ- They're going to be in a weird situations to where they can only be guaranteed a road uh, home game if Northside beats Blessed Trinity, which with Blessed Trinity, I don't think that's going to happen for Northgate. So, there's, so their chances of them having one final home game are very slim, but it's possible, and they've got a tough road from here on out, but if they can put their pieces together, I don't think they have anything to be concerned about. So that's so that's their Elite Eight game at Grady Tuesday at 6.30. Boys soccer now. They had they had a 6 to nothing win against Unigrove last night. Sophomore Camila Velez led the team with two goals within the first 10 minutes to play, as well as two goals from senior Jank Eubanks and one by senior midfield Keenan Godfrey. A victory for them, kind of surprising since how they basically steamrolled everybody up to this point, a, a, a minus a couple of road bumps. But a... This is where things get serious right now. The Elite Eight, their matchup. Like we said, they are a top seed, but they will be playing against Johnson, which is another top seed, which means Johnson will be hosting. Johnson is one of the best teams in the entire state. And they're other than McIntosh, they're the only team that the boy that this class of boys soccer players has lost to in the playoffs. They lost to them as freshmen in the semifinals. They're one one of them as a whole, losing to them in the semifinals as freshmen and beating them in the semifinals as a sophomore. <laughs> or sorry, as a yeah, as sophomores. Oh, but ultimately they did end up losing to Magnetosh in the in the state finals. So for them now, the interesting thing now. This is the first time in the playoffs they are playing away at Johnson. With as tough a team as as Johnson is, and the way that they beat them in their sophomore year, Johnson's no doubt going to be looking for revenge, and they're going to be giving Stars Mill one big test for the ages. It's not going to be easy. And I've talked with some players, they're already acting like it's their last game. Not because they don't believe they're going to win, but because they... No, let me rephrase that. They talked about that about their Union Grove game being their final home game, and I don't really blame them. They've got to be all in to win against Johnson, and I'm sure they will. And they can get their final home game in the semifinals, but it's up to them to make that happening. They will be playing against Johnson next week. Boys across finished their regular season 12 and six. They played two away games against Levin Centennial two Saturdays ago and lost. Lost respectively, losing to Levitt thirteen to nine and Centennial twelve nine to six. Not the best momentum ending the entering the state playoffs, but not the worst. They did win the region, and the tough thing for them is they do have Woodward and GAC potentially in the Elite Eight. So both those teams are phenomenal lacrosse programs, and are going to give them some trouble at that point in the playoffs. But let's not forget they have a lot of talented players playing at the collegiate level, like Luke Rusterucci. Eric Rausch, Gabe Lopez, Rhett Jones, Eric Fuel, and Shane Kelly. All those guys are going to be playing on the collegiate level. Rusterucci and Lopez are still providing a dynamic offense with effective midfielders and defenders, and the freshman keepers still playing great. So, what's in their future? Hopefully some more wins, but they will find out round one in their round one game against Elka today at 8 o'clock. When we come back, we are going to be we're going to be looking at last week's at or last night's action. Last night's action. And we are going to, after that, we are going to have a special interview with girls lacrosse head coach Mary Lehman. So stay tuned. 
The Prowler would like to thank the following sponsors for their continued support of student journalism at Stars Mill High School. Tim Monahan and Farmers Insurance, Mahaffey Orthodontics, Pinewood Inspections, Advanced Physical Therapy, and Search America. And we are back. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to be recapping the action from this past night, Wednesday night. And we're going to start with the Region 2 5A track meet. The Panthers need to qualify in the top four of all events in order to qualify for sectionals. And these are the Panthers that qualified. For boys' discus, sophomore Josh Pfeiffer placed third with a mark of 131 feet and 1 inch. In the high jump, senior boy, boy, sorry, in the boys' high jump, senior Devin Barnett, who we talked with in the last episode, tied for first in the region with a height of 6 foot 2. For the boys' long jump, junior Mark Stampley, who we're going to be hearing with, about for a little bit, for a good bit in this, in this placement list, won the long jump with a mark distance of 22 feet and 10 inches. In the girls' pole vault, Freshman Hannah Davis tied for first with three others with a height of seven foot six, and one of those was sophomore Amanda Robinson with a height of seven foot six as well. In the boys' pool vault, senior Joey Sokowski narrowly qualified for qualified for sectionals, placing fourth by jumping a height of twelve foot six. In the shot put, boy, in the boys, senior Joseph Rampy won with a mark of forty nine feet and four point five inches. Sen- junior Darian Doster placed second with a mark of forty six feet and eight inches. And sophomore Josh Pfeiffer placed third with a mark of 45 feet and 6.5 inches. In the boys' triple jump, Stampley again won with a mark of 43 feet and 3.5 inches. In the girls' 4x100, the team placed second with a time of 50.65 seconds. In the girls' 1600 meter, senior Allie Walker placed second by less than a second with a time of 5 minutes and 17.43 seconds. In the boys' 1600, senior Colton Ovi won with a time of 44 minutes and 26.9 seconds, and junior Garrett Jones placed third with a time of 4 minutes and 27.12 seconds. In the girls' 100 meter, junior Sydney Blair and senior Kathleen Stevens placed first and second with a sec- within a second of each other with times of 12.72 seconds and 12.99 seconds, respectively. In the girls' 100 meters, junior Anderson Evans Evers placed with a sec- placed second with a time of 16.69 seconds, and in the boys' 110 meters, senior Devin Barnett again won with a time of 15.76 seconds. With the girls' 800, senior Allie Walker won with a time of 2 minutes and 21.07 seconds, and junior Elena Burrows tied tied or sorry placed third with a time of 2 minutes and 29.7 seconds. And for the boys' 800, senior Colby Smith won. With a sub two minute, the only sub two minute of the region, place r- clocking in at one minute and fifty nine point four nine seconds, and in the girls two hundred, Blair Stevens again placing second and third with times of two twenty six point two eight seconds and twenty six point six seven seconds respectively. In the three hundred hurdles for the girls, Evers placed third with a tie with a time of forty nine point nine one seconds, and Stampley won again with a time of thirty nine point three two seconds. In the boys 3200, Ovi back at it again, placing second with a time of 9 minutes and 55.14 seconds. In the girls 4x4, the team placed second with a time of 4 minutes and 9.31 seconds. And finally, in the boys 4x400, the team won with a time of 3 minutes and 22.38 seconds. In total, the girls team placed second with a with 144 points overall, behind Northside Columbus, who won with 
151.5 points. And the boys team won the region meet with 203 points. And the closest team to, to them was Whitewater with 156 points. All of these individuals will compete in the sectionals meet at Stars Mill where the top eight are going to advance to state. And this will be at Panther Stadium on Saturday, May 8th. So if you're in the area, go ahead and see if you can make it there. And now we're going to talk about baseball. First round of baseball playoffs took place at Panther Field this past this past day. And, well, when you go against a region, go against a non-region, or sorry, a four seed, you kind of know that it's going to be a blowout. And guess what? This was exactly that. This ended up being a blowout. 12-0 in five innings the first game and 15-0 in four innings in the second. The boys team just had their number the entire game. They, in the bottom of the first, they end up scoring three, Stars Mill scored three runs to kick things off. And they kept with that momentum throughout the entire game. They end up starting slow, granted, but they end but. I don't know, 12 runs in one game? That's nothing to sneeze at. And it's something that I would say is kind of expected for them at their talent level, and they ended up pulling through. And the second day, in the second game, literally just the same exact thing, except they were pulling off multi-run innings like it was nothing to win 15-0 in the, in the fourth inning. So on to, them is, on to them is the second round. They will be playing against either Locust Grove or Coffee. I personally kind of want to see Locust Grove because that's a team that eliminated them in their sophomore year. Who, who would have thought in the second round? So I think it will be a fun re- revenge story. But right now, uh, Locust Grove lost the first game to Coffee 6-4. to four. Coffee is currently leading that series. I do not have a score update on the second game. So... It, I don't know if Coffee won or if the if Locust Grove tied it up, but there is a good possibility that that game is going to go into a third game today. But unfortunately, I cannot tell you that. For the boys, it's just one step, one step further. They are going to be playing tougher competition than Tri Cities, which, I mean, go figure. <laughs> so it's just about keeping that intensity for them because, as I've said and have as Coach Mosley has said, this team can do what ever they want and they just need to lock in and pull off everything they need to do to hopefully become state champions and go through teams like Greenbrier and some of the and we do have an easier road I'll give them that because our toughest opponent is probably going to be Greenbrier in the Elite Eight and our final four opponent will probably be a bit easier but we're going to have to see what happens and their second their next series will start next Monday against at Panthers Field against either coffee or locust grove we'll just have to see what happens then okay, to wrap up this episode we are doing our next one-on-one interview with head coach mary layman of the girls cross team she's a state winning head coach and she's currently preparing her team to repeat and become a two-time state champion how are you doing today coach layman great thank you all right let's start with the beginning of the season covid messed up with a lot of things you lost some key players like like ryan king among others how do you and how were you working with that heading into this year? Um, every year, of course, there's turnover um, and uh, it, it does make it somewhat challenging. But we've been very, very fortunate because every year we have a young group that comes in and they're very strong and talented. Um, you know, may still need some developing, but you know, to be honest with you, this past year of having that season 
you know, shut down so early for us, um, gave us that opportunity to have those kids kind of develop on their own through the summer. So honestly, when we came back, the starting of the season, um, a good indicator for our year was really when we went up against Walton. And when we saw what we were capable of doing, it, um, it really helped out tremendously. It helped the kids build their confidence and divide, you know, truly develop on their strengths. What's the formula for this team to be able to bring, not only bring in new talent, but be able to cultivate that into something greater? Um, I will say that the, the talent that our kids have is a, it's a culmination of several things. It's, it's how they work together. It's how they build each other up just on their own without even requiring the, the assistance of any coaches. Um, of course, it's the skill sets that are taught by the coaches, um, our community coaches, King, um, David King and Chris Beardsley. Um, they've done a phenomenal job. And um, we're just very fortunate that we have kids that play the sport from a very young age. So by the time they get to the high school, um, you know, they're, they're prepared, they're ready to go. They've, they've, they've gone to tournaments where they played three or four games in a day. I mean, so, you know, coming and playing one single game in an evening is not too challenging. It's, um, you know, until we come up against the really competitive teams like West Forsyth and Walton and Lassiter and things like that. Something you've talked about a bit throughout this season is the dynamic and leadership. You've had this dynamic between juniors and seniors taking that helm what is what has that been like throughout the season it's been great I purposely don't designate captains um, the reason for that is we try to instill leadership amongst all the kids um, of course it's mostly developed or it's mostly evident from the, the from the seniors but that's just because of maturity and age um, but I have found that when we just put expectations on all the kids for leadership, that they all come through. There's no one or two particular kids that are expected to, to lead the group. Um, at any given moment, if anybody is struggling or needs uplifting for whatever reason, there's always someone willing to do it because they've all been basically encouraged to, to treat each other as family. Um, regardless of the situation and uh, I found that probably our, our greatest success comes from us making sure that that we are family that yes there's times when we may you know we may run run across a couple of bumps in the road and and we may struggle here and there every once in a while with personality conflicts but at the end of the day they all come together they all understand each other and uh, we're there for each other with that dynamic um, of having everybody, everybody being like a cog, cog in a machine, so to speak, how do you think that is advantageous instead of like say you have a team that's like has a bunch of like stars, uh, have like a handful of stars on your team compared to what you guys have to where everybody pitches in in some way? Um, I feel like... We're, we're also, again, we're fortunate. Um, the kids that we have, the ones that 
are, if, if we're gonna put them in categories, the superstars, the ones that are you know more, more developed, um, they're humble. And they know that they are not in that position and they are not that successful without all the other teammates with them. Um, we can't depend on one kid shooting and, and scoring all, all the time. We can't depend on one kid being the defense. Uh, we can't depend on one kid being a midi and running all the way up and down the field and expecting them to be able to transition a ball all by themselves. Um, so we really work extremely hard on making sure those girls understand that. That yes, they may be the leader scorer, they may be the leader in defense, but they're not there without the teammates. Do you think that's a testament of how you've learned how to coach this, coach this sport as a team sport? Um, yeah, I uh, gotta be honest with you. I you know kind of picked this up uh, never playing lacrosse before. Um, a lot of credit has to go to the community coaches because they're the ones that truly, you know, have have instilled this in the kids. Um, I I enjoy. I'm very fortunate and blessed that I get to do what I do and I get to have relationships with these kids and watch them grow through the sport. And um, but yeah, I mean, every year is a new year. Every year we can do better. Um, you know, and, and that's basically, honestly, just making it really simple. That's every year. That's my goal is I look forward to the next year and what can I do differently? What can I do to make it better? And we're seeing we're seeing the fruits of that. Y'all have ended the regular season with a four, two and one record on top of that. You guys have had a very tough road, road trip this past week. So tell me what, what, especially from that road trip the past week you, that this team is taking heading into the playoffs. Uh, we definitely learned a little bit from every single game. Um, Lasser was a big win for us. Lasser is always one of the top teams to beat, um, and we didn't have that uh, last year. I don't know if you remember that was one of the teams we did get in before um, before the the season got cut short. And of course, it was a loss. So, needless to say, the girls that returned this year were ready for redemption, wanted to come back and prove themselves, and they did um, very successfully. So, um, each each game, we it was funny. We kind of developed differently through each game, and we took a piece of something away from each game. Um, one of was was working on offense and doing more off ball movement. Another game was where we worked more on the defense and communicating better between the girls. It was almost like every game was designed for us to develop a different skill set. And uh, so I feel like because of that um, and because of the toughness that we, we faced that the girls are really prepared to go into playoffs now. It was, it was tough. I think we, they were all a little bit concerned about having four games in a row that were you know all top, top teams. But now that we've done it and we've completed it, I think they're ready to, to move on. So. Finally, even though last year got spread short, got cut short, this still is a this still this is still kind of a title defense for y'all. And we're in another situation where it's really that you where it's really Stars Mill and Blessed Trinity at the top. So what's what's got to happen in the playoffs to get through the playoffs? and bleed Blessed Trinity and go for a second consecutive state championship? Well, our first thing is we're going to have to, we got to just focus on one game at a time. We can't take anything for granted. We can't make any assumptions. Um, I think the girls understand that because of the position, that because we are reigning state champions, that, you know, we are, be, we are the ones being hunted. And we've got to prepare for that. And we're going to have to do what we can 
to um, just focus on one game at a time. We're not going to look forward to the state. We're not going to start saying, what are we going to do to prepare for state championship? Because we can't take that for granted. We have to make sure that we're ready for each and every team because they're equally getting prepared. So. Thank you very much for your time. Sure, thank you. And thank you guys for listening to this episode of Panther Nation Radio. The girls across team will be starting their towel defense today at 6 o'clock at Panther Stadium against Stratford Academy. If you're in the area, go check them out. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your, your listenership from myself and Coach Lehman. I'm Daniel Stackhouse. Thank you for listening. Have a good day.